0: not going to be too long-winded. I know Randy and Lisa want us out of here. Well, they want you out of here. I'm going to stay and eat with them. <laughs> I'm trying to get y'all out as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> because, this is for Sunday <laughs> <laughs> be shorter than I first thought <laughs> <laughs> you know last week um, Camille shared about some different things and one of them one of the topics that she shared about was briefly was the incarnation and um, a lot of talk this time of year about the the babe in the manger And what incarnation means specifically, it means entering into or becoming flesh. It's the doctrine that maintains that the eternal pre-existent Son of God became human in the person of Jesus. What the Lord did... Who, what the Lord, who was already a person, the second person of the Trinity, what he did through the operation of the Holy Spirit was to take into union with human, with himself, a human nature. So he took into himself a human nature, he who was already divine and the result was that Jesus Christ was one person with a divine nature and a human nature not two natures or not half human and half divine all divine and all human the heresy says he's half this and half that and that's a heretical doctrine In the Gospel of John, we find that Jesus is called the Word of God. He's Christ. He's the incarnate Son of God. He was with God. He was God. John says, the Word became flesh. The Word of God, another name for Jesus, the Logos. He became flesh, and He dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. In Revelation 19, Christ is again called the Word of God. In the 19th chapter, it says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire. And on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. He's clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the word of God. This is Jesus. This is the babe in the manger. And Revelation 19 also says, And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of kings, Lord of lords. Jesus came to earth to take on human flesh. The word of God born of a virgin in a stable in Bethlehem. It, it boggles the mind. If you ever stop to think about it more than five seconds, it just—it's it's so awesome you can't even grasp it. John, the first chapter, <coughs> excuse me. John one says he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. The world didn't know him, but the angels did an angel told the shepherds do not be afraid for behold I bring good news of great joy which will be to all the people for today in the city of David there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord there probably aren't very many people that don't know that famous poem was the night before Christmas Mm -hmm and all through the house not a creature was stirring not even a mouse one man said that this poem got him to thinking about the first Christmas Eve think about the first Christmas Eve before Jesus was born in Bethlehem that's the first Christmas Eve what was happening in the world before he came, for one thing, the curse infested the earth. God had cursed the earth. He said, "The ground's going to be full of thorns and thistles. The woman's going to have child, pain in childbirth. All these animals that used to obey you, they're not going to obey you anymore. There's going to be strife and turmoil from now. Sin is going to fill the earth." All nature is going to groan. This is what it was like on Christmas Eve before Christ. The curse infested the earth because it rebelled against God and it fell from grace. And God cursed it. Before Jesus came, God had sent many prophets. He sent Elijah. He sent Elisha. He sent Jeremiah, He sent Isaiah He sent Ezekiel He sent Amos, He sent Zechariah He sent more and more On and on the prophets But then it ended It had been 400 years Of silence That Christmas Eve before Jesus Heaven had been silent For 400 years That's what it was like The Christmas Eve before Jesus came And before Jesus came, men were looking for a savior. God had promised that a savior was going to come. He said that after Adam sinned. The prophets repeated this over and over throughout hundreds of years and in many different ways. But it had been centuries. Some people still believed, but many had become hardened then came the announcement of the angel to the shepherds and then later two years or so to be exact the wise men came the savior had come the first Christmas Eve was gone you know a lot of fairy tales begin once upon a time they begin in a land far away and in a different time this is the way you hear so many fairy tales this is the way you hear Star Wars this is the way you hear all this sort of stuff <laughs> a lot of phrases like this it, le- it tells you to use your imagination it tells you that the story is not real that it's fantasy scripture is totally different there's no for these other places there's no definite time and there's no definite place scripture says there is a definite time and there is a definite place and it's completely in the hands of a sovereign God I want to look at the Christmas story in a place you don't usually look at it for just a few minutes you know you can find the Christmas stories sort of in the book of Galatians (coughs) in the fourth chapter of Galatians in verses 4 and 5 we'll stay away from Luke and Matthew and look at Galatians fourth chapter of Galatians verses 4 and 5 but when the fullness of time came God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law so that he might redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons when the fullness of time came not once upon a time not in a land far away when the fullness of time came the exact time in history when God was ready to act it's a unique time in history when everything that had to occur had occurred all the details were in place it was a time that was agreed upon by the father and son in eternity past before time began Just like the time was fixed for Jesus to be born, there was a time also fixed for Jesus to die. You know, Jesus' brother said that he should reveal himself to the world. And Jesus said, My time has not yet come. The authorities tried to arrest him, but Scripture says they couldn't because his hour had not yet come. John 13 says, Before the feast, the last feast of the Passover, Jesus knew his hour had come. It was his time. There's also a time fixed for the end. When? Jesus says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come there's also an end in Revelation in the 6th chapter of Revelation there's a scene in heaven where those who have been killed those that have been martyred for the word of God cry out to him and they cry O sovereign Lord holy and true how long before you will judge and avenge our blood upon those who dwell on the earth scripture says they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been so when the final martyr is killed the wrath of God is finally poured out the end comes so when they're going to come when the last martyr is killed the end going to come but what do we know about the fullness of time the fullness of time when God sent forth his son well there's a lot we don't know but we can know a few of the things that came together because of the conquest of Alexander the Great the culture of the Greeks had spread everywhere their literature, their art, their science And Greek was the language of the region of the whole known world everybody spoke Greek all the even the Hebrew scriptures had been translated into Greek so that's one of the things that came together and then there was the Roman Empire that brought peace to all the known world so that it was was united like it had never been before Rome constructed a road system that was greater than anything that had ever been seen. They even had a postal system. They brought order to life. It was brutal sometimes, but it was order. You take somebody like Paul the Apostle that traveled to all these different cities in Galatia, Ephesians, Ephesus, and all these places. The roads were basically secure because Rome controlled them. There were still robbers. They're always robbers, but it wasn't chaos like it had been before. And what was Paul? He was a Roman citizen, so he had extra protection because Rome was in control. And it was a time of religious preparation. There was a sort of a hollowness of soul because all these pagan religions, so many people recognize them as nothing. They got to nowhere. Nothing ever came of it. Even Judaism, by so many people, was, it had gotten to be a sterile religion. It was practiced on the outside, but there was no real heart service to the living God. There were a few Jews that were still looking for the Messiah. But for the most part, there was a holiness of religion. And into this setting, Paul says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman. 1 John 4, 7, 9 says, By this the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent His only begotten Son, Into the world. So that we might live. Through him. Jesus. The Messiah. The son of God. Born of woman. Some 700 years before. Isaiah the prophet had said. Therefore the Lord himself. Will give you a sign. Behold a virgin. Shall conceive. And bear a son. And shall call his name. Emmanuel. And as you know, Emmanuel means God with us. Born of woman by the Holy Spirit, God's son and Mary's son, fully God, fully man. This is also the one that the same prophet Isaiah, again 700 years earlier, prophesied not only would be born of a virgin, but he said, For to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor Mighty God Everlasting Father Prince of Peace this babe in a manger and this one God would send Paul said would be born under the law Jesus was born a Jew obligated to observe God's law in every aspect, every respect no one had ever been able to keep the law before that's why the sacrifices were necessary because everybody sinned God requires blood to come into his presence, look at the book of Revelation and see there's an altar before the throne of God why? because nobody comes into the presence of God apart from sacrifice Jesus made the sacrifice the law demanded a righteous man Jesus and only Jesus met all the requirements of the law even his enemies couldn't find any sin in him why because there wasn't any no wonder the author of Hebrews can say that when Christ came into the world, he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. And Jesus was sent to redeem those who were under the law. This doesn't just mean the Jews who were under the law, it means the Gentiles also. If you not, don't quite believe that, Romans 2 Romans 2.12 says, For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. All that sin are going to be judged. All that sin are going to stand before the righteous judgment of God. Either cleansed by Jesus or condemned and judged in a terrible way by God through your own sins that you retain redemption cleansing comes only through Jesus he buys us back from slavery the slavery of sin because he bore the penalty of sin everyone who breaks God's law is under the curse Judgment waits Only through Christ Only through the cleansing blood of Jesus And Jesus came so that we might receive Adoption as sons According to Galatians Jesus was born to make us Heirs of God If you can think for a moment Of what Paul is saying here In Galatians Adoption was defined by Roman law and it was widely practiced in Roman life when a son was adopted he was in every legal way equal with those born naturally to the family the adopted son had the same name he had the same inheritance the same standing and the same rights as natural children there was no difference There were emperors that adopted children. They had the same right as the natural children. When we come to Christ, we're placed into the family of God by the act of Christ. He came not only to forgive us our sins, but to place us in his family. Verses 6 and 7 in this same fourth chapter of Galatians read, And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So who's this child in a manger in Bethlehem? He's the son of God who became a servant of God. That we, who were servants of sin might become sons and daughters of God he's the child that was born to make us heirs of the father he came and he lived and he died to put away the curse that infested the earth yeah the weeds are still growing suffering continues but because he came it's been dealt with He gave his life to overthrow the reign of sin. Romans 8 says the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains. Right up until now, but the end is in sight. Soon all things are going to be brought back under the perfect lordship of Jesus. He's paid the price he's paid the price for sin and right now he sits at the right hand of God at the Father's right hand he's waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool this is the baby in the manger just now sitting at the right hand of God he's the one riding the right horse with a sword coming out of his mouth many diadems on his head not one crown diadems, many many crowns on his head his name is faithful and true robe is dipped in blood he's the word of God let's pray Lord this is who you are this is not a fairy tale this is not once upon a time this is when the fullness of time came this is when the sovereign God Lord of the universe deemed it perfect time for you to come and Lord because you deemed it perfect for Christ you also deem the time in our lives when the right thing happens that you want to happen in our lives nothing is not under your control everything Lord is in you not one atom not one molecule strays from where it's supposed to be unless you say so Lord, we just bow before you and we give you thanks that this time of year you can cause us to reflect more deeply, I hope, on who you are and what you've done and who you are right now and that you're coming soon. see. Mm-hmm. Amen. <coughs> <coughs>